legends, and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast, supported by Ride WA, episode nine. And today's ep, we are talking with some of the Zwift Academy finalists. All right, we've got Cooper Sayers, Rachel Wales, and Alex Bogner on a three-way Zoom chat. Oh my word, this one is an absolute ripper, all right? We've obviously got the winner in Alex Bogner, but with Cooper and Rachel, we really get to hear a combined, I guess, impression of what the experience was like for all these finalists and, um, you know, what it was like uh, from their point of view, being on the show, uh, being in the competition, and we find out everything from signing up and completing the workouts on Zwift to flying to Mallorca and, of course, completing all the challenges and <laughs> one of them even winning the comp. So, uh, yeah, this one is perfect for the ergo, all right? It's done on the ergo, okay? So get that ergo cranking, all right? Get on the commute. We're on episode nine, all right? So this one is not to be missed. Sit back and enjoy, legends, and I'll see you in a moment. Today's episode, we're talking with uh, the finalists or some of the finalists from the Zwift Academy that we've all been watching over on GCN and following and uh, big Australian contingent of the Zwift Academy, maybe due to all the lockdowns that we copped. Um, but I'm here this morning with uh, Alex Bogner, Rachel Wales and Cooper Sayers. Hello, everyone. Hey, what's going on? Uh, so uh, just to kick it off, everybody knows who you are, um, but just remind them, um, start with Cooper, then Alex, then Rachel. Uh, give us just how old you are, where you're living, and the team that you're riding for right now. I'm Cooper Sayers. I'm 22, and I'm living currently in Adelaide, uh, and I'm my current team's Neurocontinental, Sydney-based team. I'm Alex. Um 19 and I'm living on the Sunshine Coast and my current team I'm riding for is ARA Press and Sunshine Coast. Um, I'm Rachel Wales, I'm 24 and I'm also currently living on the Sunshine Coast and I'm riding for VeloFit which is a Perth-based team. Outstanding, wow. Okay, thanks guys. Well, uh, can we just start, can you guys run us through, um, maybe Rachel you start uh, with this and Cooper and Alex you can add in. How did the process work from when you start the Zwift Academy to when you actually get, uh, like, moved to the next round? How does that work? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, we just started the Zwift Academy like um, everyone else would have. We started with, um, like, the baseline ride and then we just worked our way through. I think there was five or six workouts, um, a baseline ride, a finish line ride and a um, – time trial up out to Zwift and then there was also like the pro contender workout so we can yeah to complete all those by a set date and then after we completed all those um I think we got an email to say we were in contention for like the top 20 um and we had to uh supply them with a lot of um like power data, um, race results. Um, we had to do a little video on ourselves, um, a little bio, um, some photos, um, and do all our um, uh, like calibrations and stuff from the, the stuff the yeah. clickers we'd been using. Um, and then after that, you sent all that in, and then we kind of got an email again to say that we'd made it to like the top 10 or something and that we had to have an interview. Um, so we had an, in well, it was an interview. So you, mine was at like 12 o'clock on a Monday night uh -huh. um, because of the time difference. So I was expecting to log on and have, I prepared for it to be like a proper interview and I like prepared what they could ask me and um, and then you log on and then they kind of started out as if it was an interview. And then um, Neve Bradbury actually joined my call and she was like, oh, this isn't really an interview. Um, you've made the top five. Oh. So, yeah. That's sick. Uh, Cooper, was that, were you telling me about this before when you logged on at the wrong time? Is this what you were talking about? Yeah, that was the one where they had the time difference. And they told me that it was going to be like 8 a.m. They said, oh, yeah, it would be pretty, like, we'll, we'll match it up for you so you don't have to get up too early. And then I logged in to see when it actually was, and it was, like, 4.15 a.m. Huh. So I had to get up, yeah, like, early, really early. But, I mean, it was worth, worth it, so. Okay. And with the videos that you had to send in, um, Alex, what uh, – did you do anything special for your video, Alex? 
Yeah, um, I contacted the team and they were like, oh, okay, we're going to do like this little shoot and stuff. Then he took over, like one of the directors of ARA, and he's like, oh, let's make it like a little bit more professional and stuff. And made it like him, like he was interviewing me kind of thing. Um, and he was kind of asking like the similar questions to what Ziff wanted the, the questions with and stuff. So, yeah, like the boys ARA kind of helped us out with that. Like I know um, the directors and stuff helped out Rachel with all or her stuff, like with the kicker and yeah. I know, like just guiding her and stuff. Mm, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. And did you uh, like? Did you guys, when you started going through the academy, did you were you confident of getting into the top twenty? Don't really know. Like, yeah, it was just it. There was nothing to base each other off. So like. I couldn't tell how Alex was going or Sam was going or anyone from overseas. We had one, like, we had the Alpters with time trial, mm. which was basically our only sort of look at what other people were doing. Um, but we didn't know how people were hitting the workouts, which was pretty much one of the harder, harder things that we had to do. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And... When Rachel, you said you had to do, did you have to submit some more files once you got to the next stage? And then did you have to do any other tests? Um, no, we didn't have to do any other tests, surprisingly, but we had to supply them with um, I think it was like a one minute, five minute, and ten minute power from like the road that so obviously they could see how close it was matching to our trainers. Mm. So um I just gave them some files, some power files from races um and then they obviously went through all of that as well um yeah hmm. okay and i guess when i'm riding a trainer and i've seen uh at, when i was at uni as well i've seen this with some like ergometers is the power on a trainer at least from who i've talked to is usually lower to outdoors is that the same with all of you um mine uh the trainer I was using and my power meter outdoor was in was within about five to ten watts mm. um so I think yeah I try to make it as close as possible like try and calibrate everything and make it as accurate as possible mm. um but I think most of the other boys Alex was yours pretty close yeah mine was pretty close something like that like it wasn't too bad but I guess sometimes yeah you can have like a massive miscalibration or something but generally it's pretty good i know would you find coops yeah i had 10 to 15 watts so i had the tax neo t2 which is what we used at the which is supposed to auto calibrate mm. but yeah you know it's obviously there's a little bit of stuff that's lost through the drivetrain and once it gets to the trainer so it's always going to be at least you know five to ten watts that's what i found anyway okay and once you got the uh you know the once you got notified that you're going to be in the in the in the finals um what was your first reaction staying with coop um it was pretty surreal like after they told us how many like hundred fifty thousand people have been doing the Zwift academy so i couldn't really believe it um and it was pretty much just i was a little bit in shock because you know, I actually had sacrificed a fair bit to be in that position. Um, but, yeah, it was just so cool. It was just like, what what's next? Always thinking of like, all right, so what do we do now? Because they, they'd mentioned that we were going to go to Mallorca, but they didn't tell us. Oh. They're like, oh, yeah, this is probably what we're going to do. And then it was like, okay, so when are we going to find out like more? And then they just like kept sending us emails. All right, on Wednesday, we'll tell you. And then it got to Wednesday night. Oh, we'll tell you on Friday what's going on and then like so we had all this information but we had no like plans uh, okay. um but all all we knew that it was going to happen soon so mm. it was so it was just so exciting mm. right um yeah i i wasn't really expecting to get in the top five i just was like oh there's nothing to lose like i may as well do it get a bit of like top end working um because there wasn't really much other racing going on and we couldn't there was no nrs at the time because mm. of covid so i kind of just used it as a bit of a opportunity to get a bit of work in um and then yeah like they said oh you're in like the top 10 or 15 and then i was like oh even if i get this far like 
still good. And then I got the top five and I was like, oh, wow. Like I didn't really know what to expect. And at the time when we found out, we didn't know who else had got in or like it was meant to be kind of hush hush for a few days. And then when it all kind of came out, we realised that we were, Alex and I were both in it. Um, and obviously we both live on the coast. So we were like, oh, wow, like to something <laughs> close to it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. What about you, mate? How, what were you thinking? Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, eh? Um, yeah, like Rachel said, <laughs> Rachel said it's a bit of a process. And I know it's pretty cool. Like it's either, it's a win-win, you know, if you do the academy because you're, either, you're just going to get fit from it. Yeah, well, you've got that opportunity there, so it's a win-win, mate. That's sick. pretty good. And um, yeah, I like, yeah, I just did it, and it was kind of worked around my training. Like I worked around my training, and um, it kind of was in a good part of my season after I just come off a bit of base, and I was doing a bit more intensity, and it worked out well. And I, yeah, it was a massive surprise. Like when that, when that um. When Jay Vine bombed in my interview, <laughs> I came on with my gym class, pretty surprised. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, I was pretty stoked. Um, yeah, just really stoked and pretty big surprise. And, yeah, you just don't realise, I guess, the level. Yeah, it was pretty nice to hear, like, how high the level is here too. It's pretty cool to hear. Like, the coaches told us, like, it could have been quite a few Belgium guys, but they picked us because of our physiology and stuff and a few other aspects too. So it's just like a good compliment to hear, I guess. Like it's definitely confidence-boosting for mm. all of us. Mm. Yeah. Did um, when, who, like when Rachel and Alex, when you guys found out, did you like give each other a ring or message, I go, I got in, I got in. Like, was it one of those? Yeah, um, yeah Alex was down in Tassie at the time with his girlfriend um, and I was on the up here on the coast and, I think I had my interview maybe before or like an hour or two before Alex and then it was like the middle of the night so I didn't do anything that night. I just went to bed and then in the morning I was like, oh, I wonder if Alex got in and then we kind of just <laughs> called each other and yeah. we figured it out. Yeah. That's sick. And yeah, uh, once you got selected and you found out you were going to be going to Mallorca and you were sort of getting those emails, like you said, Cooper, did you guys get given or sent anything, like any kit or anything before you, like in that time before when you got announced to when you actually travelled to Mallorca? No. Nah, we got a little bit of instruction about like just resharing some social media stuff and some little plugs that we could do. But in terms of like what happened or how getting to the camp, like I got my flights just over 24 hours before I left. What? So, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you guys were. I think everyone was the same. And my, like, to get to Mallorca, it didn't include a flight to get to Sydney. So I had to, like, quickly jump on, book a flight to, um, but everything was kept very, like, secretive and we didn't know what we were doing. We had a, a rough, like, a rough base schedule. Um, but in terms of equipment and stuff like that, it was just like bring your helmet, bring your shoes and all supply kit and just bring some spare things. But yeah, it was very, yeah, as Rachel said, it was very hush. Like everything was kept on the down low. Mm. Okay. I guess when you got to Mallorca, the, the first episode of the of the show on GCM was was pretty cool. You know, the big drive in full like bachelor-esque style. Um <laughs> Alex, when you rocked up, mate, you were first, or at least on the show. Yeah. Mate, you're fucking old, man. <laughs> when you were rocking up, what was it like mm-hmm. first in? You seen all the kit, like, was it just one take? No, it was a few, few takes. <laughs> <laughs> mate, they kept, they kept telling me to stop saying sick because it sounded like I was saying shit. <laughs> Oh, that is so. You can't say that. <laughs> so it was coming up. Yeah, it was pretty funny though. So we actually came like the night before and all that. We did it all. So like we did a retake and did all that stuff. And yeah, it was just yeah, it was pretty cool. Like yeah, oh, just like seeing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they set it up really well and like it was super professional and that you could see like they put lots of work into that and yeah, it ended up being pretty looking pretty smick. So. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was I was really nervous that first day. I was like super I was like super nervous and super excited like both. So it was like have hits of energy. 
And uh, so I guess, so you all arrived, did you all arrive the day before? Um, it was like the night before. We arrived on the Saturday night, I think. Yeah. And then um, the actual cat, the actual testing started on Monday. Yeah. Okay. And did you all have like, did you get to meet each other and have like a dinner together on that night or was it pretty late? Um, I think we met everyone else on the Sunday night. Um, so Saturday night, I think it was just the Aussies that were there. Um, and then on the Sunday night, everyone was there and that's when we like properly met everyone. Um, and the coaches, Dan and Stephen from, um, Dick Deep Coaching and like kind of got to know everyone that would be involved with the camp. That was good. Like to get to meet everyone and, um, you know, see what everyone was like. And then the actual camp started on Monday morning. And... Cooper, what was the uh, what was the villa like? It looked like an elite establishment. Was it um, was it as lush as it looked on the show? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like people keep asking me, "Oh, what was my offer like?" And I was like, "Oh, like it was sick." But we didn't really see outside the four walls of the accommodation. Like it was this like big paradise, like beach house, luxury thing where the riders were down in the beach house. They had their own little section. And then the Alpsen and the Canyon Shroom athletes, they had their own little section. And the GCN guys, like, we were all spread out over this, like, massive thing. And there was, like, 100 people in the production, including all the riders, all the GCN, all the Zwift. So it was just, like, if we didn't ride outside, like, if we only did Zwift, we wouldn't know anything what Mallorca was like. Uh-huh. Um so the food was good, like amazing. The views were sick. Like the place was nuts. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, mate, I, mate I, I can confirm that the tables and chairs are very sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that comment on YouTube and someone was like, it's like they don't yeah, have yeah. table and it's chairs in Australia? <laughs> yeah, mate, we just eat off leaves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, so that's pretty cool. And we, well, actually, a funny story like, we, we got like given all those five star mix and star like food from the restaurant and stuff. And we're just like, oh, no, nah, mate, can we just have rice and pasta? <laughs> and they got a bit frustrated. <laughs> with like, no. Wow. Yeah, for your boys. <laughs> wow. That's cool. But um, what was the mm. best meal that you had, each of you? Oh, we only ate bolognese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Probably I had I had like this salmon thing that was really good, so I enjoy I like I love fish, so I was like, this is top notch. Yeah, yeah. I had a really good um pasta dish, which was really nice, and then also on the last night, um, the dessert bar with like all the macaroons and stuff was pretty good. Like oh, once it was yeah. all over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like this cheese ball thing that I had. And I thought it was like an egg, but it was a cheese ball, and I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so sometimes you get like food could be spread out and it looks so fancy but it's really mm. you know simple as uh when you guys were um not doing the testing not um getting ready and stuff like what were you doing were you just hanging out or was there like things to like information sessions or what was going on off it um well i guess we we're kind of always doing something like because we'd always get interviewed before and after it, like before a ride, after a ride, like later on that day, how it went. It was quite a bit of interview and that took up a bit of time. But like, I guess, yeah, we did have a bit of downtime and stuff and would hang out and eat a bit more like down in our little in a little cave. There was like a bit of food there and stuff that we that was always available to us. But, yeah, we kept pretty pretty busy, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when we weren't training, um yeah, like Alex said, like media duties, whether it be like interviews or more filming. Um, if we weren't doing that, it was like showers and kind of recovery, having some more food, um, having a bit of downtime. But a few of the days were double days as well. So once you've done a right, like a test in the morning, maybe indoors, and then you get ready and it's time to train again in the afternoon. So it was pretty jam-packed five days. Um on and off the bike, but it was, yeah, it was really good. Hmm. Okay. It's probably, we're probably lucky to have like an hour a day of downtime. Wow. Yeah. Between everything, like, yeah, like whether we were trying to get our mic- microphones on, like all that stuff. So 
yeah, like Alex and I would go into the room and we'd turn the TV on, but we couldn't watch anything because it was all in Dutch or Spanish or something like <laughs> that. But it was just like downtime. Like it was just something mm. else that wasn't, which was like kind of nice. Mm. But we were always like, we were literally just looking for the next thing to do because that we had so much on. Okay. Um, when you guys were in the room, I was trying to like really analyze what the room was like that you're doing the Zwift testing in um, with the setups. I mean, you all had to wear the jerseys while you were riding, I guess, for, for whatever reasons. But what was the temperature like in the room? Was it hot? Was it cold? Um, it was actually pretty – I found it pretty warm. We all had fans um, underneath the screens. You may not have seen them on the production, but we all did have fans. But once you're going, like, full gas for 30, 40 minutes, it – didn't feel like a lot and no. um the canyon girl like the girls had um like a core body temperature um measurer on our heart rate monitors so um we uh the ds could see our temperature and in some of the tests i think um some of the girls were getting up to over almost for, almost over 41 degrees yeah right okay after, I guess, Cooper, Cooper and Alex, you guys answered this one each first and then Rachel, you. After the first few um, tests you did on the ergo, uh, like you did the ergo testing first and you did the three-minute, um, you know, did all those different efforts, um, did you get a sense for what, like, attributes or a type of rider that the coaches for each team were looking for? I didn't really because um, they, like, they, we didn't really talk to them heaps and we didn't get that rundown of what they were looking for mm-hmm. um, because they were – and they were pretty impressed with everyone's. Like every – all of the five finals had a different attribute mm-hmm. so or did well in their own little test. Um, so it was real hard to see what they wanted. But you could co- sort of see who they were impressed with. Hmm. Okay. Was that your – Yeah, Cooper kind of put it well there. I guess, like all kind of quite similar level and each had like their own little attribute. Like Keeper was like obviously had the best sprint, was pretty punchy, had like awesome race craft and stuff. And yeah, Sam was like the biggest engine and Mads was like somewhere in between. And then same with Byron, he was pretty little punchy too. So, right. Um, yeah, we also didn't really get told exactly like what type of rider they were looking for. Um, we had probably uh, Willemine, one of the young Dutchies. She was very much probably a sprinter. Um, and then Imogen's, uh, Imogen and Caitlin were both pretty punchy. And then um, I was probably more suited to the 10-minute 10, 10 effort at the end. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really say what exactly they were looking for. Um, but, again, like I think they were pretty happy with how everyone performed in what they should have been good at. So, okay, yeah. And can I actually maybe, yeah. I don't know, what do you think, Coop? Like, they were kind of maybe more looking for a climber, and there were different types of like climb. Like, Cooper can actually climb really well, and he's like got a bit more, he's obviously got a massive kick compared to us. So, you know, there's maybe they were looking, and then a lot of the challenges were like uphill, you know, and climbing. So maybe they were looking more for that kind of rider, like a stronger climber kind of type. What do you reckon, Coops? I reckon. Like now looking back at it, I'd say that was definitely what it was. Because mm. like if it had been like you could see that they were looking for a punchy test or someone that could ride the breakaway because they did the they didn't show it as much on the episodes, but they did a like a chop off <coughs> and it was like a fifteen it was like oh twelve fifteen K absolutely it was supposed to be ninety percent, but it was full gas. Like we averaged like fifty eight K an hour. It was ridiculous. Um like ten K. But yeah it was like we did like 11 k's in 13 minutes it was ridiculous um but yeah towards the end we could see what sort of style they were looking for and then you saw in the episodes it was like they thought i might have got through some of the climbs because they thought it was going to be easier and it wasn't easier because it was on like for young and old at the start um but like and that's the thing they probably looking which is great. They're probably looking for someone to support Jay. Yeah. Um, because they have a classics team. Like they have a really strong, yeah. you look at Van Pol. He yeah. can do it on his own, but they've got a good team around him. 
where mm. they need someone to support Jay because they just they're probably lacking that side of things. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's not that's just not who I am. <laughs> put him put me on a ten minute ten minute climb. That I I would have been fine. I can get that or even twenty minutes. Mm. But you put you're pushing me once you get over 20 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you think about in, in Belgium, in, uh, you know, that Dutch sort of area, they could pluck, you know, 50 riders that uh, ride in the classics all day. They just pick them out of the shops, you know. Um, but that's all yeah. about and where you grow up and train. Um, when you were doing the uh, – I wanted to move on. Actually, Rachel asked you this first. When you guys were doing the hill climb, the first one, when um, they took the – well, they, they took the batteries out of your DR2 or your, your SRAM? Yeah. Uh, um, you stitched up. I thought you got stitched up there. Yeah. Yeah, at the time I was probably like, oh, this isn't, this is going to be pretty hard. Like, so we did um, strength, like kind of SEs. We did like four reps of the hill, like SEs with the batteries. Um, and then we got down to the bottom and we thought we were just going to get to race to the top with like obviously a normal bike. And then... He was like, oh, no, like, we're putting all the bikes in the same gears and taking the front and the back battery off. So, like, you couldn't change anything. Um, and then we had to race to the top in that gear. Um, it was pretty hard. Like, for me, I'm probably – I've got quite a high – like, I can – I climb at quite a high cadence. Um, so, it was like a bit – I had to kind of think about how I was going to play to my strengths a bit, but – it was pretty hard. Um, I've never really done anything like that before, but it was um, good. Yeah. Okay. Right. And um, I mean, I just thought it, what I was thinking was, you know, having your you know, self-selecting a harder gear, making it a strength effort. I just thought it favoured some of the, the, the bigger girls more than you. Well, not necessarily favoured them, but I thought it handicapped you in that particular event a bit more. Just yeah yeah I think probably I was the smallest probably by like a fair bit and it probably almost did suit some of the bigger girls a little bit more like they could just get on top of the gear a bit more but I I still found it like reasonably good it didn't like I was just like oh it's what it is like everyone's in the same situation now so you just have to kind of do what you can do to do the best you can um but yeah it was kind of funny in a way like looking back like we weren't really expecting it but he was just like took our batteries off at the bottom and he was like all right we race to the top now yeah. and then at the top the mechanic gave our batteries back for the ride home which is good but yeah hey legends i hope you're enjoying the episode so far this one was so good to record it was so funny and um if you go to my Instagram, The Press Room Podcast, I'm going to be posting some of the videos of this recording and uh, some of the funny moments uh, that we had when we were chatting. And of course, you would have listened to some of them as well. And hopefully, you got a giggle out of it as well. Uh, while you're listening, if you're on Spotify, which apparently 60% of you are, what you can do now, okay, I know you've been following, that's great, thank you so much, but now you can actually rate it with a star. So if you update your Spotify, you should see there is a little thing to say, you know, enter a star rating. So if you're liking this episode, you can do it while you're listening. In fact, right now, you can just do it. So go over to Spotify, get the star button, give me whatever star you think I'm worth, okay? Whatever star you think the pod deserves, you just write it down, all right? And if you're on Apple, again, you can do this right now. Leave me a little review. I love seeing the little scripts. Just write something funny. It'd be great. I'd really love to see it. All right, guys, that's enough, all right? Get back to the episode, um, and hopefully you're still going on the ergo. Cheers. Alex and uh, Cooper, when you guys were doing that lead out, um, <laughs> Cooper, you did pretty good in the sprint. Get to that in a second. But, Alex, you were sort of in the same line with um, Vanderpoel and... In the coverage, it looked like whoever was fourth wheel peeled off had kind of lost ground, so you're already behind it. Were mm. you, you drag racing? Like, how did it feel when you were next to him going, oh? Yeah, it was crazy being next to him. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, you know. That's <laughs> nuts. And, um, yeah, I guess Byron lost a little bit. You know, Jay, they were on the Jay train when Jay started taking over. 
And um, yeah, I think yeah, just being a bit being sixty kilos kind of wasn't the best there, but he did really well job. And I really really good job behind it. And um, I pulled off. I guess I get maybe I can't quite remember everything. It happened pretty fast. I went kind of off instinct, but I guess maybe I yelled at him to pull off a bit early and tried to like ramp it quite hard. And I got out of the saddle to try and make give you guys a bit more draft. I guess I just had to go full send and try and mash the van pole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he was like pulling me back away. He was like pulling away again. But um, yeah, Mads jumped across and Cooper had an awesome sprint. Like, yeah, you'll get to see like Tim Malia was really impressed with Cooper. Like, um, Cooper probably explain it how what happened, but uh, Cooper didn't let the wheel let the wheel go. He like fought it really well. So yeah, what was your yeah? Time? It was well, it was cool to watch everything happen. Like, because at the start, well, no one really had done a proper lead out, so we're just like. Uh, well, Sam was like, oh, let's just go same for same. Everybody just did the same turn as like everybody else. And I was like, okay, well, do, if you do that, just make sure when you're pulling off, you're like spent. Um, otherwise, we're going to get like clapped by these guys. Um, but yeah, Byron being a featherweight, it was at a little bit of a disadvantage because Jay just punched and Byron didn't have that same kick. And then Alex just held Vanderpump and I was just like, Wow. I was just sitting on the wheel and because at the, on the back, it was pretty easy, but like we were in the wind. So Tim was like trying to sit in between the two chain uh, trains and I had to like lean on him to push him back onto his chain. Otherwise I was just going to get blown away in the wind. Very good. So like we got back in the wheels and then Alex and Vanderpoel swung off and we were doing like, like into the wind, into a headwind. We're doing like 60 K an hour just before the the road like rose up and Mads just like booted it and sort of got back next to Sam. Um, and then I just saw Tim stand up and I was like, okay, I've got to go now. And just had to sort of just follow him, just get in the wheel, try and run at the wheel. Cause it was like, yeah, slightly uphill. Yeah. And he sort of first four pedal strokes just pulled away, like ridiculous amount of power. And then just, I think he just basically backed off. Um, so I only lose by a bike length was all right, but just to watch it, like for what one of the biggest takeaways was from the whole week was the five of us worked so well and we're like good mates. Like you, you could track us five into any team and like as a group and we'd be competitive. Hmm. Like we all have, all have different strengths and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's crazy to like see that first, first lead out ever. Hmm. for most it's of us cool, yeah. it's just yeah, yeah. just made it and happen that, and that's why Cooper got right of the day like because he did that thing with with Tim which is pretty cool to, to hear and watch <laughs> that was so sick and then he yeah, yeah. did really well on the hill time trial which yeah. is yeah, really a lot. cool nuts he deserved that yeah, right like, of the day that was so cool there's a, a lot that you don't see on the, mm. the broadcast like the other guys will agree that that 35 minutes of what you see on the GCN coverage is like, that does not sum up the day. Like, then, especially with the road stuff. Especially like with that chop. I know Cooper was chopping pretty hard and was put Yarn even Mitch in the box, the poor dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of Yanni the pros just come off. off. <laughs> Good boy, you're so strong. Yeah, it was so funny because some of the pros just come off like a big offie. So they were in no condition. And that's why the coaches were like, oh, 90%, do it easy. Yeah. And then Vanderpoel and Sam Gaze took off and it was like, all right, we're going like 200%. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll play ball with these guys. Like, I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have a crack. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a few guys that were suffering a bit. <laughs> Gosh, for sure. And they, would, they probably would have been absolutely stitched up feeling they got rolled into that as well. But... <laughs> Saying that with, with Tim earlier, how he was sitting sort of in between both trains, I reckon he's doing that on purpose to see if you would, you know, yeah. cross. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's like they like they had video footage in the car and stuff, but it would have been cool to see that because, um, yeah, I was like, I was very hesitant because I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the Zwift kid like leaning on this bloke that's won a Tour de France like stage yeah 
And then I was, I was like, he's probably just going to think I'm going to have it. And then he's like, oh, no, that was impressive. I was nice. like, cool. <laughs> That's the reaction I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Tony wasn't just scared. <laughs> um, the bikes. Rachel, what did you think of the canyon? Um, yeah, I really liked it, actually. It was really um, a really nice bike to ride. I'd actually never ridden um, SRAM before. I've always been on Shimano, so... Um, when I got over there, I like was like, oh, I don't really know what to do with this. But um, it only took like one ride to get used to it. Um, and then they were really nice. Like I enjoyed the SRAM and the frame was really light and nice. Um, yeah, it was a really good bike. And we had like the Garmin's and the Garmin pedals, which was really cool as well. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed riding it. Okay. Boys, did you like them as well? Yeah, mate, that was so good. Like, that was so light. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting how light they would be. Like, they were super light. Um, and then they, we had like tubbies on, and oh, and also in Shimano, which is pretty cool too. I haven't had DI two. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, they were just smick. You know, they were like probably the best bike I've ever ridden. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, like, likewise. Yeah, that that um that Zwift thing that they posted yesterday, like the Stoke levels to the ten of yeah, Alex. That's it. That was hundred percent it. Like those bikes, yeah. you just like ride them, and they're just like, "Wow, this is this is what it's like to be a pro." Like, yeah, it was <laughs> like a rocket ship, eh? Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so um, Alex and Cooper, Sam was mega strong, and they kept sort of going on about you know uh, his his engine, his engine, and obviously he was the biggest rider, and he had the highest raw power from looking at the tests, but. Um, the coverage also kind of leaned towards sort of highlighting him as more of like a one-dimensional, you know, like just like a train, you know, one gear. Did you guys, like, were you concerned about like he could be the favourite because of his high power or did you think maybe because he's not quite as versatile as both of you, did you not, like, you know, feel threatened by him for the competition? I think um, he, oh, going into it, I knew that he was the strongest by far. Like there was no doubt. And being his teammate, or and and seeing seeing him ride in the NRX, like there's no doubt that he's the, the strongest guy there. And I felt a little bit hard done by. Sorry, I felt bad for him that he'd been a little bit hard done by just because. Yeah, the, he just played to his strengths every day. Like he can't sprint, and he openly admits that. Like that's no yeah no questions, but. Being strong, he just he rode how he needed to ride to win the challenges. Um, I think the yeah descending side of bike handling stuff surprised me a little bit, but like I didn't think that that would change the reaction too much because um, you know you can always train, you can always teach that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely thought he was a threat, and going into it like. He was very dominant in the challenges. So, yeah, it was it was on the coverage. I felt a little bit bad for him because he's like far better than potentially how they portrayed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I've seen him in NRS and he's just ridden away and just like created some of the biggest best breaks in NRS. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I've seen him when his first actually race at. Yeah, I've seen him. When, I've seen him win his first race. And Aris is riding away from the whole field. And, yeah, I knew he was, like, the biggest dog there, <laughs> the big dog. And, yeah, he just – he did really well, obviously. And, um, yeah, I think yeah, – I, I agree with Coop. Like, they – yeah, maybe they should have – yeah, he, did, like, did the best he could and he would actually play to his strengths. And I guess, yeah, they – yeah, they made him a bit more one-dimensional. I think he's a bit more versatile than what they showed him and stuff, for sure. Yeah. And he's, he's an amazing racer, so – yeah. I think potentially it just comes down to that that TT like that well that diesel that, that they called him wasn't like that's just not what they were looking for yeah absolutely like to that, a, yeah to another team that would be um, that kind of ride would be super useful and maybe um, it was just you know maybe other teams might have even seen that and gone well these guys are- yeah. Um, yeah yeah uh, Rachel after 
well, now that you can look back on the competition sort of done and, and you might have been doing this since you got home, but would you have ridden it or done anything differently in the challenges um, if you could go back and do them again? Um, yeah, I think in, first of all, the first thing I'd probably change is that on the last day, um, the race, that Zwift race that we had to do, I probably would have tried to sit back a little bit more and let Mal do a bit more like riding on the flat. And then I might've been able to stay with her a bit longer on the hill, but I knew that she, she was kind of just on another level really. Um, and I knew that the only way I could maybe catch her off guard or like put some pressure on her would be if I rode aggressively. Um, and I knew she would be happy to kind of let me like watch me do what I was going to do. And then she knew that she'd probably be able to follow and then go over the top kind of thing. So maybe I would have like sat back a bit more on that last race. Um, but apart from that, I think I just rode like the kind of rider I am. Um, I wanted to show that like, I'm like, like to race and, you know, I, I took a risk on the, um, the Thursday on the mountain um, day like I did go maybe a tiny bit early and I did go pretty hard, but I knew that that could be the opportunity that I could have gotten away with maybe just mad and ended up second or, you know, try to catch her off guard as well. Um, but yeah, I think overall I was like really happy with how I rode. Um, I was happy with how I rode in the points race on the Tuesday as well. Um, so yeah, overall, I think I was reasonably happy with how I rode on all the days. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, at least from watching the coverage, from from just a viewer's point of view, um, it did look like you really gave it your best. Like you showed your best self. Uh, yeah. Know. Anyway, that's how it looked um, from the viewer point of view. Alexin, after completing the academy, Rachel, I'll start with you. Uh, are you more or less confident that you can, um, you know, move towards a, a getting into a pro team and? why to each of those um yeah I think I'm probably maybe more confident now that hopefully in the future I can go on to you know a, a pro level team um I think it gave me a really good insight to how a team of that level works and what's expected kind of what they're looking for and also like the level that you need to be at really to be kind of competitive at that level like, obviously, you don't want to go to that level until you're kind of ready. Um, so I think it's given me a really good insight to kind of go, like, up against Maud and see where where I need to work on, what I need to get better at. Um, and then just to see, like, what's expected at that level, like I said as well. I think it has made me more confident that I can get to that level. And obviously, I've only been, like, I've only been on the road since February, so I never had exposure to a high-level team or like this is obviously not many people get this opportunity to go on a camp like that and train with a world tour team and see what's expected and get the opportunity to get a contract through this academy. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it has made me more confident and it's given me a pretty good understanding of what um, I need to work on in the next kind of 10 to 12 months to maybe this time next year be ready to move on or whether it be the year after that i think it's it's shown me what i need to work on what do i need what do i need to improve on as well yeah nice and that ties in good my question to you cooper uh, you know i think your attributes in your anaerobic ability was like was, was shown well on the show uh and maybe to the point where your um you know your like your climbing ability was uh like I don't think it was highlighted enough, but now that you've been on the show and you've been through the whole system and the training and all that sort of stuff, what are you going to focus on next year and going forward um, to try and get yourself, you know, to that next level? Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously I've got a good ability in that classics range, like that classic style riding. So I think like, yeah, that's the other thing that didn't show is like I was doing like close to PV numbers up mm. those climbs, like 30 minute power was off the charts. Um, but I think for me, it's just getting results. Yeah. Cause like 
I haven't really had those good, like proper results. Um, but just pro- continuing to make sure that I'm just a well-rounded rider, mm. because you know if I can do a little bit or dabble a little bit in everything, like in Australia, that that'll get you through, mm-hmm. and like in good succession. But for me, getting overseas as well, getting some good exposure will be the highlight of my year next year. Like it's going to be really important to get some good results, get some good training and get some good racing in um, and put myself basically in the shop window. Definitely. Nice. Um, Alex, you obviously won the contract, which is, mm. see, you know, to uh, <laughs> your words. Hey, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, I guess, looking forward to next year, the next two years, what kind of rider do you think you can be or develop into? So I'm still pretty young. Um, mm over those two years, what, like, what kind of rider do you think you'll become? Yeah, well, I've had quite a few chats and stuff, and um, by the sounds of it, they've got planned for me. Hopefully, I can fulfill it <laughs> to be Jay, one of Jay Vine's main men. Nice. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's important to be a pretty well-rounded racer, especially on a team like Alperson. Um, and I think what they've looked at, like, they not only looked at, like, how we did the week, but a whole year's track worth of training too, and what we did, how much we grew over the year, and what training load we did and stuff like we had, mm. and that was also another factor like that they looked at, which probably wouldn't be thinking about. Um, mm. So there's heaps of different like, things I looked at, and I think one of the things like was um, maybe I'm like good at handling fatigue and that, and backing up day after day, and I think so that will probably I'll probably most likely be doing stage races and and stuff from next year apparently i'll be doing lots of like yeah hilly, hilly stage races because um and i'll be because i'm in the development team actually i'll be able to do a lot more different kinds of races and i can move up to the pro team if i do really well or if it takes me a bit longer i can kind of develop and yeah i'll be doing lots of uci stage races that's basically what it'll be in in the hills wow. on, over the mountains and stuff which will be pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. it's awesome yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, and I'm surprised the Zoom hasn't kicked us off yet. This is great. We're running on high. No, Zoom knows. <laughs> episode. Uh, we'll go around uh, Coop, Rach, Alex. Um, what's your favourite course on Zwift? Um, that's a very good question. Depends what I'm doing. If I'm doing just a workout, then, you know, a flat one. Yeah. So then just keep high speed. <laughs> uh, but no, I like... I think I like. I don't remember which ones they are. I, I do like the Richmond, Richmond courses. You know, it suits my ability. Um, and even like some of the Watopia epic comms, because they're only like 10, 10 minutes, ten fifteen minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, I can get over those. But anything that ends in a bunch of kick is normally right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's it, y'all. Um, I think my favourite one's probably the pretzel. Oh. Um, the pretzel course. <laughs> it's just like there's all the, the comms in it and it's kind of like if it's a rainy day and you have to do like three, four hours inside, it's kind of a good course. Like you can get a bit of elevation and it's just kind of fun. I think I did it in Sydney, when we went to Sydney after um, oh. returning from overseas. I think there was a few wet days there and I spent a day or two on the pretzel. Alex would tell you in our Sydney Airbnb on the trainer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, mine was, um, oh, it's, I can't remember. Let me think. I've had lots of time to think, I still can't think about it. I do, I do do the pretzel a bit too when I'm doing my training. Yeah. I just whack it in, just do my training, yeah. And then, um, I know like there's like an out and back one it kind of goes on like the te- like the flat road, like the temperature, and then goes out and does like a loop and goes up there, like the volcano come and comes back again. It's like 70k, I forget that one, but I like doing that one. Yeah. Kind of works out, it'd be like two hours, and I can choose my own route after that for training. Um, and then for races, yeah, I quite like what Cooper says, like the, the epic comms and stuff, like, you know, they're pretty punchy and short. I actually don't mind doing like the figure eight. I think that's what it's called in um, Utopia yeah. 2. That's a fun race. That's a lot of fun too. Yeah. I don't even mind the flat the flat race too. You can, yeah. 
it's pretty interesting how that one can go down so it's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah no it's, it's, it's such a sick platform uh that's all agents um so hey it was so good to talk to all of you and um it was so exciting to have so many aussies on the as finalists like sick mm. Uh, thanks, uh, yeah, it was so pretty cool. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us on, Jeffrey. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, no worries. Yeah. And I'm actually chatting with Maud tomorrow. She couldn't do it today, um, but I'll chat with her tomorrow and um, hopefully combine it into one massive episode uh, that someone can listen to when they're doing the pretzel. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. Thanks for having us. No worries, thank you. All right, legends, well, that's episode 9A, done and dusted. I really hope you enjoyed it. Leave me a review or a star rating uh, on the Spotify, Apples, whatever. Make sure you hit follow. And, um, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed it. It was really fun to record, and it was so cool to hear the inside of, um, you know, behind the scenes for the Zwift Academy. And you can see that just the production value alone of the show compared to last year and obviously when it started and it didn't even have a show, you can see uh, the growth and the development um, you know, of the academy. And you know what? They're just getting better writers into the contracts uh, year after year. So I think it's going to be quite a good resource. And I reckon in the future, we might see more and more teams get involved. Uh, you might have noticed I said 9A. That's right, because 9B is going to be coming very, very soon. I've got the other winner, Maud Orderman. And... Um, we couldn't quite get her on at the same time as uh, Rachel, Alex, and Coop, but um, I've gone solo with uh, Maud, and we did a potty, and it's an absolute ripper. So um, look out for that one. It's coming next, uh, so we get the perspective of everyone from the Zwift Academy. All right, champions, that's me. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you again.